0: Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Hoff.
1: All right, my friends, we have, I think, just scratched the surface. What well, we did yesterday with the Roe versus Wade. Well, all, this, all the fallout from the latest Supreme Court decision that, of course, was leaked strategically, which is designed to get people... Designed to get people all up in the faces. It reminds me, as I say that, remember the Maxine Waters strategy. If you see, back when President Trump was in office, she said, "If you see someone from Trump's administration at the what the grocery store, out at dinner, don't let them eat in peace." Is that? I'm gonna have to look this up. I think I think that was the quote. Don't let them eat in peace, and that's what this leak is ultimately about it's about other things too it's about fundraising it's about changing the political narrative they are getting shellacked and of course i you know uh what yesterday i guess i should say tuesday um primaries in ohio and indiana the candidates that trump endorsed there were 22 of them all 22 won All 22 run. Folks, they are terrified. They are terrified of the American voter. They are terrified of the wrath that they are going to face come November. And so that's a big component of this as well. But on top of that, this is the... uh, the, the, the central tenet of the faith, of the religious worldview of radical left, of, of the godless radical left. This is a central tenet. It is one of the pillars of the radical left, the pillars of the faith. And I say it like that because to the godless radical left, and I've been through this many times, but I think it bears repeating again. To the godless radical left, government is God. Government is God, and Roe versus Wade, the so-called right to an abortion, is again central to that faith. It, um, if you think about worldviews and then the uh, the political policies, positions, and so forth that are the result of Worldviews. If you have a worldview that is hell bent on creating a society with no right and no wrong, no consequence, right to to for any action, um, just there's a lot of anger and rage. And speaking of anger and rage, I got a soundbite here from uh, from Elizabeth Warren Focahontas, Which, by the way, I can say that I can say that for those of you new to this program, I am documented by. Genealogical history to be the 13th great grandson of Pocahontas. And so, as the official spokesperson for the Pocahontas family, I say it's okay. I say it's okay to kind of tease with Elizabeth Warren about this since she's made it known that um, she was one, what was it, 164th? Native American, and it wasn't even true. She turned out to be less Native American than the average American is and all that sort of stuff. But since she's the one that's playing these identity politics games, I love it when people... I mean, this is this comes with the territory. It comes with the territory when you're in politics. If you're going to say outlandish stuff, if you're going to be a sophist, if you're going to try to find ways that are not legitimate to advancing your argument and position, instead trying to manipulate people and all that, like it is to pretend to be Native American. Um, you deserve to be called names. I'm not, we're not for the vulgarities, we're not for the personal attacks, but for the sake of identifying and, and properly pointing out just how ridiculously stupid some of the things that happen, well, actually most of the things that happen, in Washington, D.C., and in particular amongst our nation's uh, political, again, I don't want to say leaders, uh, congressmen and senators and people in the administration and people in positions of government, um, yeah, I think if the shoe fits here, she should she should wear that. And I'm also here to say, again, that the Pocahontas family is cool with this because she's the one that's making, making an issue, uh, making something an issue that isn't even... She's the one that, that brought this silly kind of conversation into this. It's not talking about the issues and so forth. So I do want to start with that. That's it. This is actually a soundbite that I came across as I was just getting the, the um, just getting ready to come on the air actually. But as I listened to it, I thought, you know, in continuation of yesterday's program and if you missed yesterday's program, first of all shame on you, I'm just kidding, you can always go back and listen to archives of the show. You can download the podcast. Maybe some of you, like I know we've got some people who are incredibly tech-savvy in the audience. We have people who are moderately tech-savvy. And we have people who uh, can barely turn on a computer and all those things are okay. Um, But if if you're not tech-savvy, it's really not that hard to get a podcast. In fact, if you grab, if you have an iPhone, just click on the, you'll have a little, button on your screen it's purple and it says podcast you click on that and you search for the Todd Huff Show and then you can get it on your directly onto your phone or you can go to our website Toddhuffshow.com slash listen and you can listen directly from our website. So if you missed yesterday you can do that because this program is going to be kind of a continuation of sorts. I don't know that you had to hear anything specifically to understand the context of today but since in my head This is kind of part two of that discussion, so if you want to see part one or you want to wonder why I'm not talking about something in particular, it's because of my way of thinking on that. So again, ToddHuffShow.com slash listener. If you got an Android too, you can go to Google Play and and search there for the Todd Huff Show and and you'll get it. It's totally free. Anyway, so as I'm thinking about how to segue from yesterday's program till today's program, I, I hit on... I hit on the the centrality of this issue to the radical left. We talked about this and, and I just kind of touched on it again. But this this is a tenet. This is a pillar of the faith of the godless radical left. <clears throat> and I think it's it's uh so I think of the strong strong language here to use, not not uh, not inappropriately strong, just a strong word to uh, to point out just how atrocious and evil and wicked that is. Um, yesterday, we talked a little bit about what a right was and a right coming from God. And I posed the question, I said, um, do you do you really think our rights, our founders established, they didn't establish it, they realized, they recognized, it was revealed to them, however you want to say this, that our rights come from God and not from government. And my question was, do we really believe Do we really believe that God has given us the right, the right, the right to end a pregnancy? Now, we have the freedom of speech, the freedom of expression, the freedom to choose to live a lifestyle, to choose to accept God, or a a choice to deny God and to not have anything to do with Him. Those Those are choices that we can make choices that do not directly impact another's life liberty or the pursuit of happiness. Abortion of course, is is different. Abortion is I dare I say much different. but this is something the radical left again, their first and foremost battle is against this may this may strike some I don't know this might strike some as, a little bit surprising to hear me say this. I don't know how, how you think about these things, but their first battle is against absolute truth. They're battling against truth. They see a world and they don't like how it is perceived by other people. Honestly, how they naturally perceive it as well. And so they concoct this notion, this worldview that tries to explain away things that they just don't like. They don't like the fact that, for example that our rights come from God and not from government. They don't like the idea of having to answer to some being, which of course that that follows from that. If there is a God, it follows that he's kind of we're, we're accountable to him, right? I mean that there's a logical progression there that that seems to follow. They don't like that. They don't want anything to do with that, which again is someone's free a choice to not participate in all that. I'm not saying that that shouldn't be the case, but instead of just saying I don't care and I'm going to live my life, they then say let's let's take the things that are good and let's make them in some cases bad, make them make them look evil, or at least at least to make all things morally equivalent, because then then terms like better and good and true and right don't really matter and it becomes the, the the natural flow of that well morally depraved worldview is that all morality is relative and so who are you to tell me what I should do who are you to tell me what's right and wrong and abortion is right there at the center uh, is, is is a pillar of that because folks if we can't tell if we cannot tell a person that they cannot kill a an unborn child. I mean, what else can we not tell them? How how can we tell somebody, for example, you can't go fifty-five in a fifty, but yet you can kill your own your own child. Well, Todd, that's their child. Okay, then there's a lot of things that follow. What differentiates a child in the womb from a child outside the womb? Well, they're depending upon the mother for for life. I Understand that and appreciate that, and I've watched as my wife went through the process of, um, you know, having three—they're not triplets, but three individual babies—develop, and she gave birth, and she's she took care of them. She still takes care of them to this day. Sometimes I wonder, um, you know, this i this idea of viability of a child being able to take care of himself. I and mean, these these notions that the Supreme Court just made up out of whole cloth, um, that still don't make sense. I mean, a newborn baby can't take care of himself or herself. And if you listen to some of these debates, you'll find, if you are objective, you will find that the pro-choice side has nothing. The only thing that they'll say is, my body, my choice, which sounds good, and in fact, without any of those the connotations of what that's leading to, I would tell you I agree with that philosophical concept, my body, my choice, which is why um, I would be one who would defend someone's right not to be forced to take a COVID vaccination or anything along along those lines. Th- that's a much more um, apt analogy than saying my body, my choice, so I can kill another person person's body inside my body. That doesn't make sense to me anyway. Um and and of course this idea of of a woman's a woman's right to choose. I mean, folks, again, we're not free to choose anything without repercussions, right? I mean, we're not free to to harm, well, unless they pass a what's that bill in California? Twenty two twenty something. Which some, some are saying will actually give people the opportunity to to kill infants up to twenty-eight days old. I'm not an attorney or anything. Haven't read the legislation, but I've seen these debates and read a little bit on this. But where do you but where do you you draw the line, right? What why why you, you can't make you're not free to make decisions that directly impact another person's life, liberty, and property. On the one hand, you can do it unless someone can stop you, but then to say that that society should just turn a blind eye to that and not hold people accountable to try to prevent that and to try to remove people from society who are harming people in such egregious ways, that's another story altogether. By the way, I'll quickly say, too, if you've had, and I did this yesterday, but not today, if you've had an abortion, know someone that did, this is is something, um, this isn't intended to heap any... Guilt upon you. There are groups that can help you, and there's a a God that's willing to forgive you. This is about what's happening from this moment forward. So if I've, there, there's a lot of emotion with this, right? There's a lot of emotion with this. So really quickly here, um let's play Elizabeth Warren. She's walking. I, I see the Capitol building in the background. Um, there's a crowd of people. Of course, this 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 is ignited. By by design, by the way, this has ignited all sorts of emotions and inflamed people. Uh, it's It's gotten something into the narrative that's now different from the fact that the the left and the Democrat party has run this country nose first into the ground. And so she is exhibiting some incredible anger. Now, I will say this. i I call the Democrats today, the leaders of the party. I call them dramacrats many times because it's a performance for them. It's staged and, you know, it's it's all about political theater and all that. And I'm not, I, I understand that to a point, to a point, not to the degree that we're subjected to this nonsense. But there's also a point that there, there are things that really do upset and inflame the radical left. And dare I say that, looking at the possibility of saying abortion is not a constitutional right, maybe at the very top of that list. So I just want you to listen to this. This is going to Elizabeth Warren uh, Focahontas here outside uh, the Capitol building expressing anger and rage at the uh, apparent direction the court is taking in regards to overturning Roe versus Wade.
0: (laughs) can keep Roe versus Wade, the law of the land. They just need to do it. I- I've never seen you so angry you seem to be. This is what the Republicans have been working toward this day for decades. They have been out there plotting, carefully cultivating these Supreme Court justices so they could have a majority on the bench who would accomplish something that the majority of Americans do not want. Sixty nine percent of people across this country, across this country, red states and blue states, old people and young people want Roe versus Wade to maintain as to the law of the, the land. The we need mean. to do we're, no, we're not And we have a right. Extremists. Extremis? We've heard enough from the extremists. And we're extremis tired we right of from the Senator.
1: Folks, that is real uncontainable rage that she has. I mean, she is infuriated about this. This, again, is a central tenet of of the radical leftist worldview, their ideology, their religion. It's being attacked. They are trying to figure out a way to save it. And they're looking at a myriad of options and they still have options. I mean, they can still, we can have a repeat potentially of what happened with John Roberts in 2012 regarding the Obamacare case where he changed his vote, that's a possibility. We could have a situation where they increase pressure. It doesn't appear as of yet, but again, I put nothing past these folks to change the the filibuster rule in the Senate and to push through the Roe versus Wade legislation. And then you think about where that leads. Because that's not just Roe versus Wade. That's all these other things. That's the whatever rendition we are in of the For the People Act, the, uh, for the, People Act, the national, nationalizing of elections and that sort of thing. That's on the docket as well. So there's some uh, strategery, as Bush would say, going on here. Um, of course, they're fundraising. Of course, they're trying to change the narrative. But they're ultimately looking for a way to stop this. And the anger is real. The anger is real. Sometimes the anger is fabricated. Sometimes it's used for political purposes. Um, Still being used for political purposes here, but the anger is truly real. Their their worldview, this this sacred, what they would consider a sacred uh, issue of abortion is about to be taken out from under them. Who knows? I mean, we still have a ways to go. And we've already had unprecedented things happen simply from the release of this uh early draft of this decision so quick timeouts in order come back and get to some other things related to abortion this whole again a myriad of things that we can talk about here um given the centrality of this issue to the radical left we'll get to that after the break sit tight my friends back in just a couple minutes Right, welcome back, my friends. I found this little video on uh, online, which is just a quick little, I don't know, 40-second little soundbite that kind of illustrates just how inevitable I think it is to come to the conclusion that being pro-choice is not the moral or uh, biblical position to take here. So... This is, well, I just want you to listen to this really quickly. It's not very long, but it just shows how, A, it's echoing things we've said on here before. Conservatives are people who are pro-choice pro, are pro, pro choice on legitimate things um, that don't directly infringe upon another's life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, as abortion does. We are... Pro-choice when it comes to uh, education. Pro-choice on whether or not you want to carry a firearm to protect yourself. Pro-choice on whether or not you want to go to church. Pro-choice on what you decide to say, what you decide to think, what beliefs you decide to have. We might try to persuade, but that's that's, you can choose to listen or not. Pro-choice has come to mean, in today's vernacular, just simply that, Whether or not you're for abortion or not. And that's a very, I think, uh, erroneous way of looking at it and overly simplistic. But listen, I just want you to listen to this because this is, is, in my mind, how unavoidable it is to be pro-life.
0: So I'm a pro-choice Christian, which typically freaks a lot of people out, ruffles a lot of feathers, because there's frankly a lot of people out there that are trying to tell women what they have to do with their bodies, and I just don't believe you'll find that in Scripture. The Bible's clear that God made mankind with a free will. To choose to obey Him or choose to disobey Him, the choice is yours, because there's no real love without a choice. Um, The thing you don't get to choose, though, are the consequences. So like, if you choose to smoke a cigarette, you don't get to choose yes or no on the lung cancer. Um, God does, and so uh, No one's forcing you to smoke You get to say yes or no, just like sex No one's forcing you to have sex Or forcing you not to, the choice is yours Now sex outside of marriage, God says that's a sin That's wrong, but you can choose To have sex outside of marriage But what you don't get to choose is whether or not you get pregnant and uh that's why I'm not for abortion because abortion is when a baby gets the death penalty for the choice of somebody else. So I'm pro choosing uh, not to have sex, but I'm not pro choosing to murder a baby, not at all. So I'm
1: Okay. So that is that that can come across um <laughs> to some people um that can come across pretty pretty hard, but that is that is how I think uh people who believe in the value of the lives of, of babies look at this. Now, I also saw something that I had a a leftist friend post. This is uh Leila uh Leila, I should say, Cohen Cohen. She is I think she's a uh, I think she's in film. She's a, she's a leftist. Of course, they want to say this is not about not about babies. And I want to talk about this after the brick as well. If it was about babies, she writes, we'd have excellent and free universal maternal care. You wouldn't be charged a cent to give birth, no matter how complicated your delivery was. If it was about babies, we'd have months and months of parental leave for everyone. If it was about babies, she continues to write here, we'd have free lactation consultants, free diapers, free... Formula. If it was about babies, she writes, we'd have uh, free and excellent childcare from newborns on. If it was about babies, she wrote, we'd have universal preschool and pre-K and guaranteed after-school placements. I want to talk about this after the break. And this is an argument. Now it's almost like they've they know what's what's coming here. So if they can't, well, first of all, they're going to try to stop. The overturning of Roe versus Wade through any means necessary, which they've already tried to change. You know, they've tried to get Mansion and Cinema to change the rules to do away with the filibuster, so that they could pass uh, a law that codifies the Roe versus Wade decision. So then they don't have to worry about what the court says. They passed the law. So, um. But they're having trouble with that because mansion and cinema appear not to be prepared to buzz, uh, budge, I should say, and so it's almost like they're flailing here, right? They they see they don't have the ability to stop the Supreme Court. They see they don't have the ability at this particular point in time, anyway, to do anything anything to stop it in, um, you know, the legislation that they can't stop it with new legislation because they don't have the votes. Um, and so now they're going to say, if you really care about babies, we need to go all out socialist. Everything should be free. And I want to talk about this in the next segment as well, because again, with this issue, folks, this, because it's it's a central tenet to the radical left, it it follows that there are a bazillion, (laughs) a bazillion different, uh, consequences or things that follow from this because it's so central everything else flows from it there are so many things that we have to be prepared to think about and talk about and understand here and i think this is a great actually a very teachable moment for us to really wrap our heads around what we're dealing with so quick time out is in order sit tight my friends listen to conservative not better talk i'm your host todd huff back in just a minute Welcome back, my friend. So the left says that it's not about babies for us. If it were, if it were, then we would have free everything. In fact, I read, I'm going to read this again. Bear with me. It's not very long, but I just want to give you a, a feel of this and actually get to her final point here, which is just how terrible conservatives are who are pro-life. If it was about babies alone, we have excellent and free universal maternal care. You wouldn't be charged a cent to give birth. Oopsie daisy, where'd that baby go? Um, No matter how complicated your delivery was, this is the first tweet. I read you the second one. If it was about babies, we'd have months and months of parental leave for everyone. If it was about babies, we'd have free lactation consultants, free diapers, free formula. It was about... If it was about babies, we'd have free and excellent childcare from newborns on. If it was about babies, we'd have universal preschool and pre-K and guaranteed after-school placements. If it was about babies, uh, babies IVF, well, in vitro fertilization, and adoption wouldn't just be for folks with thousands and thousands of dollars to spend on expanding their families. And here's her final little tweet here: If it's uh, it's not about babies. It's about punishing women. That's right. If you're a pro life, you are about punishing women and all the people with uteruses. She's <laughs> the heck does that mean? And all the people is this is this an insertion of the gender? You know, a hat tip to the gender uh, the people who are confused about gender today. But anyway, the people with uteruses. Uh, and controlling our bodies is what she writes. Um, you know, this is a common argument you run into with the left. If you are in favor of something, in order to be in favor of something, you have to be in favor of a federal program about something. So, if you're in favor of babies, if you're if you're about you know children and taking care, of ch- you know, you want to see healthy productive kids. Folks, I worked at a Boys and Girls Club, so maybe I could tell her to me it was. I mean, I it was about babies. But then again, I took a paycheck from the Boys and Girls Club, which, of course, to me is one of the erroneous things that she's talking about here, because you could turn this on its head. They want everything for free. Now, by free, what they want is to tax the American people into oblivion so that they can provide a service that they say is at no direct cost, but it's, of course, at an indirect cost to everybody. And so that's the moral position, they say. If you really are in favor of something, then you're in favor of a federal program. It doesn't matter if the federal program works. It doesn't matter if the private sector does it does it better. It doesn't matter if you, in their mind, i mean, saying in their minds, it doesn't matter in their minds if the decisions you're forcing people to make or you're taking maybe I should say it this way the the resources you're taking away from people make them have to make tougher decisions and make their life work in an economy where inflation is out of control you can't get goods and services it's it's impossible in some instances very difficult in most and so they're making people make decisions with less because they're taking they're taking more saying saying that something should be free or you know you don't care about something unless you're in a position to federally fund it is an is kind of the flip way of saying if you're for example let, let's say let's say I look at a doctor and I don't I'm not I don't agree with this I'm just saying this is uh, this is another way of saying her point you could look at a doctor or someone in healthcare a nurse and say if it was about babies and dying people sick people you would work for free right i mean that's what this is basically saying as well it's like it's like looking at teachers again I don't agree with this but it's like looking at teachers and saying if it were about education teachers and professors would teach for free this lady I think's uh what is she somebody in media if it was about telling stories about producing films about the purity of of that art form then she would work for free her movies would be free and I think this actually illustrates a point maybe close to profound that the left is not able to fully comprehend. And that is wishing something to be true. Doesn't ap- actually accomplish anything. Money is needed on this side of heaven on planet earth. And as such, we are all in, we all individually have choices. We have choices that we have to make regarding how to allocate our time, our resources, and then decide what we're going to do or what we're willing to do at what cost. And if doctors and nurses, just as an example, were expected to work for free, let me ask you a question. Do you suppose healthcare would improve or would it get worse? If teachers were expected to work for free, do you think education would become better or would it become worse? Now, the answer to those are obvious, but let's take it to the next step. If companies who provide a product, a service, whatever, are exp- and they're expected to take huge risks and incur all sorts of liability and have their profits capped or even eliminated, do you think the private sector would be better or worse at solving problems? Now, as I say that, and I can hear this socialist here, this Layla Cohen, saying, I'm not saying people should work for free. I'm saying the government should pay for it. And, and that's okay. It's a point, It's a point that I think we should take note of but by saying this she's acknowledging it has to be paid for by someone she's acknowledging a truth of this universe that they will not directly they will not directly state but some someone's paying for everything someone is paying for everything that is simply the way that it works and folks since government only gets its revenue through taxes That means that someone else is being forced to pay for it. Government doesn't have its own bank account. Government's bank account is filled with money that's produced by American citizens. And another way to say working for free, if you said, hey, a doctor, why don't you work for free? Hey, a teacher, why don't you? Or any in the industry, I'm just picking on a couple here to make the point. Another way of saying working for free is mathematically is to say you have 100% effective tax rate you're being forced to work and you don't bring anything home and it goes into a communal bucket and it's going to pay for all these utopian things the left wants us wants us to have but if a 100% tax rate means that obviously no one would do it what is it what do we think the impact would be on healthcare or education or whatever whatever industry or whatever part of the economy or you know things that are happening in this world what do we think What if we set a 90% tax rate? Would that be bad, or is it only bad at 100% or 80% or 70%? What if you only kept 30% of your your revenue? I mean, people, folks, are not going to work for free, and industries are proportionately going to be impacted based upon how much their workforce is going to be penalized to provide a good or a service. And that doesn't matter if you're doing labor, if you're providing goods, whatever you're providing to the marketplace. And so there's a limited number of resources, is the point. And someone is paying for them. And to just to just blindly state you only care about something if you're willing to have a federal program and provide all these things for free is beyond ignorant, my friends, because it's not a reality. Now, we can take steps towards things that ultimately what makes everything better for everyone is if we have a robust economy where people are allowed to engage in commerce without fear of some sort of, you know, another shoe dropping from the federal government that's, you know, increasing taxes or taking more out of the economy or increasing penalties, increasing bureaucracy, increasing all sorts of responsibilities they're placing upon, upon business owners. And it's for everyone to, to prosper out of this taking money from people is not prospering and there's a fixed amount of it and just to say you're not for children because you don't want to make everything free is to me like saying unless you work for free as a teacher you don't care about kids if you don't you know take care of patients as a doctor for free you don't care about your patients and that's of course ridiculous that's not the way those two things are not mutually exclusive I gotta take a break back here in just a minute Welcome back, my friends. You know, something I want to get to, too, that's on my list um, is something I alluded to in yesterday's program, and it's really an important thing. And actually, Oz pulled a story for me. I don't have time to do it today. I'm telling you I plan on doing it tomorrow. Tomorrow plan on doing it tomorrow but this this not this this concept of abortion to save the life of a mother and there's um there's some things about this that I think we need to think about and I think there's some things about this that we need to be make made aware of because I think this is critically important the pro-abortionists which not everyone who's pro-choice is pro-abortion but I mean <laughs> They indirectly allow for the pro-abortionists to have their agenda pushed down the throats of the American people, um, but by finding a caveat where they can get people to say, "Yeah, why? You know, abortion's okay in that instance." They've they've taken away they've taken away the position that I think we should adhere to, which is that taking the life of an unborn innocent child is absolutely wrong. Period. Even though there's certainly other considerations and factors that matter, I'm not saying that. But we have to be willing to stand firmly on life, and I want to talk about this. I think this is something we we need to um, need to think about, and and it's coming up now because of all this stuff. Again, we've we've attacked <laughs> this this issue of Roe versus Wade. And there are all sorts of things that stem from this because, again, it's a central tenet of their faith. Everything flows from it, and so there's lots of tangents and directions and things that pop up by virtue of talking about this. So doing my best here as we try to weed through this, but a quick timeout's in order to sit tight my friends back in just a minute. <laughs> Right, my friends so look I know we've spent the last couple of programs waiting through this there's just a lot I think to take in a lot of things to think about strategically um, just what happens next again if Roe versus Wade actually is overturned all that really means is that decisions will go back to the states abortion can still be the law of the land in certain states um, but they want to view it as a constitutional right which I vehemently deny that that's anything anywhere near uh, or <laughs> logical decision uh, to be made um so there's a whole bunch of things that flow we got we've got the of course uh, the issue with um, the filibuster and what the Democrats are going to do next we've got the issue of campaigning we got the whole issue about the leak itself where does what do we do about that is anyone going to be held accountable where did this leak come from what are the consequences for this i mean i'm honestly not optimistic about that because of the track record our government has in keeping making people be held accountable like hunter biden hillary clinton anyway last to get to continue tomorrow see what else happens in the news. sit tight see you then sdg